welcome everybody to Talking Donkey International in our new television series, Country Wisdom. Let's set the tone for this new series of ours. It's found in Proverbs 4. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet and then all your ways will be sure. Join us now for Country Wisdom. Jim, I've got to be honest here. My day did not start off well, and so far it's not getting any better. I can appreciate off, that. <laughs> started off with my dogs deciding that way before my alarm was set to go off, they thought that there was some intruder in the backyard. So they jump off the bed, running across me to get to the pet door, barking their heads off, I realized, oh, it's getting a little light. Every 10 minutes after that, one of them was growling or barking, now ruining I've, my day. You've told me at one time, but how many dogs do you have? Four. Four, so four and they dogs, were, all on four the dogs were running across yes, you. Yes, yes. Yeah, and they don't weigh that much by themselves, but when the whole herd decides to launch you, then when I did finally get out of bed, grumbling. I go in the bathroom. I can't get the heater to work and it was chilly. So fortunately the hot water heater did work. I got a shower. That was like the only bright spot in the day. I can't find the jeans I want to wear, my favorite pair. They're no place. They're not in my closet. They're not in the drawer. I'm storming around my bedroom and bathroom. Finally ended up waking up my husband because of my stomping. I go downstairs to feed the dogs and the cats, and I'm out of cat food. The container is empty. I'm sorry to be laughing at you, but you're... No. It, <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying it, because it was not funny. I have two cats who are staring at me. One of them is a Siamese yowling. Here, where's my breakfast? And I can't find cat food, so I'm going, Okay, you get tuna today, I guess, or something. Eggs, milk, cats like that kind of thing. And I ended up slipping on something that was spilled on the kitchen, almost breaking my neck. It's like you're grabbing the counter and you look around hoping nobody's seen this graceful swan dive that you just did. Then I come out here with you. We're supposed to be coming up to view this what, the eddies, the mountains, something? There's no view, Jim. Have you looked? There's no view. You're right, there's no view. And the weather keeps getting worse. This isn't what I was expecting. <laughs> so far, it's a fairly horrible, what's that book? Judith Viorst wrote it. The horrible, terrible, no good, very bad day. This is it. This is it. This is it, well, uh-oh. Uh, because Jim's. you're supposed, what? We've got real troubles. Worse than being out of milk when you're in the mood for Cheerios? The road's gone. How are we supposed to get across? Why did you bring me here? Oh, why did I agree to come? 
Go ahead, Jim. I suppose you're going to tell me that God has something to teach me. <laughs> he actually probably does, you know, but listen, here, here's the situation, at least as I see it, <laughs> since you asked. I, mean, I have permission to... The situation is it's a horrible, no good, very bad day. Yeah. Do I have permission to share with you what the Bible talks about? And... Go ahead. Okay, Try okay. Me. All right. Introducing Talking Donkey International. God once used a donkey to spread his word, but he'd rather use all of us. Our experienced team has preached, taught, and filmed in countries around the globe. In partnership with you, our mission is to share the life-saving love and hope found only in Jesus Christ with everyone in this lost and dying world. Your financial partnership with Talking Donkey will enable this exciting ministry to proclaim that Jesus is coming soon. It's time to prepare quality programming created to attract and reach viewers of the world. Together, we can carry the final Advent message to the individuals of planet Earth and hasten the return of our Lord. Please pray for and support the successful mission of Talking Donkey International. There really are some good biblical accounts of people had terrible troubles. I don't want to get you excited, but a lot worse than probably you've been having. <laughs> but Job is a, a really incredible example. He was a friend of God's. God loved this man with all of his heart. One day the devil came and said, the only reason Job loves you is because you treat him so good. You put a hedge around him. You put a fence around him. And the Lord said, okay, I'll take the fence away, but don't take his life. Well, what ensued was unbelievable. His 10 children were all killed. All the houses, the tornadoes, everything blew everything down. Raiders came in, took all, the, all of his wealth, took everything. And basically in another scene, the devil strikes him with boils from head to foot. Now I've never had a boil, but it sounds like it's pretty bad. The biblical description is he, he sat on a bed of ashes and with a pot shed, you know, a piece of pot and scraped his sores. That, that's all. You're not making the day better yet. Hey, he, he just, you know, he, he couldn't hardly move. I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. But then to top it off, and maybe I shouldn't say it this way, but the one the devil didn't take is his wife. <laughs> and the wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? There was no help from the wife whatsoever. And so this went on. You, you begin reading Job. Job cries out to God. In the very beginning, Job cries out to God, Lord, please help me. And for 37 chapters, God is absolutely silent. God never says a word. Well, we've all had times where we felt like God wasn't saying anything. Oh, well, yeah. At yeah. least we're not hearing anything. You know, the children of Israel. I That's an amazing story. God calls them out of Egypt. He calls them out of, out of slavery. They're on their way to the promised land. They get up to the edge of the Red Sea. It's a, it's a huge body of water. They've got to cross somehow, but they've got a problem. It's just, it's nighttime is coming. The Egyptian army is pursuing them with all of their chariots. Those guys are hot, they're mad, they're ready for a fight. And they're bearing down on the Egyptians who are slaves. They have no implements of war, they have nothing. 
what's going to happen next. I mean, they begin crying out to Moses, Moses, what's the matter? You, you brought us out here to kill us out here because there weren't enough graves in Egypt. <laughs> and Moses talks to God and basically the word of God is, be quiet and allow me to work. Stand back and watch God at work. I'm not saying anything he to you. I'm, to be just, quiet, I'm, huh? just, I'm just sharing. <laughs> Thought went through my head. Are you telling me to stop griping? Well, I, I didn't say that. And anyway, in the next scene, God tells Moses, raise up your staff. He raises up that staff. The whole sea parts. And the children walk through on dry ground. Dry ground. And in the next scene, the Egyptian army is pursuing them. Moses drops his staff and God drowns the entire Egyptian army. Now, I think of one situation in New York. There was, a, there was a street preacher. This street preacher was telling this very story, and he's telling everybody in New York about it, everybody who'd listen on the street corner. One atheist came up to him and said, you stupid old man, he said, don't you know it was the Reed Sea, not the Red Sea, and there was only a foot of water. And the old man, really, and the, the atheist went away thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty cool. I shut that man down. The next day, he's walking by the street corner, and the old man's preaching on the street. He says, guess what? He said, God drowned the whole Egyptian army in one foot of water. <laughs> you know, it really, it's all about a lot of perspective, you know, and it's that God is in charge and God can handle any situation in our life, even when it's a no good, rotten, horrible, terrible, whatever few of the things you threw in there, you know? A day like this? Yeah, it, admittedly, it's a horrible day, but... Uh, there, there are so many situations in the Bible that, that give comfort and courage to those that are, that are having troubles. Now, I think, a, I think a King David. David, what a, what a man of God. As a, as a young man, he was anointed to be king of Israel. Wasn't king yet, but he was anointed to be king. But now the king is getting more jealous of him all the time. This went on and on and on until... Virtually, David had to flee for his life. He goes and he hides in a bunch of caves. And he just, he just can't stand it. He's pursued all the time. And guess what? He's pursued for 10 years. Get this. He, he's anointed as the king of Israel. He's living in a cave with five or 600 other guys, hiding away from the, quote, bogus king. In Psalms 22, I believe it is, he writes to God, my God, my God, I cry out to you. And you don't answer. You don't answer. And you wonder sometimes that God allows that, that silence of God. Sometimes we, we cry to the Lord. I, matter of fact, there's a, the story of, uh, I call it the Syrophoenician woman. Syrophoenician woman had a daughter who was just, oh, she had a daughter, the Bible says, was terribly vexed with the devil. Now, I don't know exactly what that had been like, but apparently the devil would tear at her and this child was, you know, fits and throw her on the floor and everything. And you can imagine, you're a mother. What would that do to you as a mother? Oh, just rip your heart out. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what this mother was happening to her, but she heard about Jesus. She began building up some faith that maybe he can, he can help my daughter. So he went one day and he found, or she found Jesus. And she said, Lord, Lord, please help me. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil and you can help. 
He doesn't even say anything to her. Like he ignores her. And then pretty soon he says, woman, I don't want to cast my bread to the, to the dogs. He refers to her as a dog. Not only does first time not answer, then it's basically, woman, you're a dog, go away. Oh, that's harsh. Now the, the 12, if you were, the 12 ordained ministers of the church, they say, she's bothering us. Lord, get rid of her, send her away. As a mother, how would that make you feel? You know, I'd do anything for my daughter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this woman did. She hung right in there. She continued to press and said, Lord, but even the, <laughs> even the dogs eat the crumbs off the master's table. And pretty soon Jesus said, woman, great is your faith. Great is your faith. He hadn't told that to anybody in Israel, but here's this Syrophoenician woman, great is your faith, be it done to you. And her daughter was made whole that very instant. That woman hung in there with God. Matter of fact, uh, Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, but the old Martin Luther, the preacher, says, this woman bundled up all the promises of God, threw them at his feet, and dared Jesus to step over. And Jesus couldn't do it. He granted that request of that woman. You know, tremendous stuff of God, tremendous stuff. And then probably, probably the one of them that that means so much to me is is uh, I think about Jesus. You know, our our, our example um, in his life. You know, thirty three and a half years. That that's how old he was. Thirty three and a half years. But at age thirty, he went into public ministry. Man, it was like the devil started throwing everything at him, including the kitchen sink. You know. Just, just everything. So you think he had bad days? Oh, it's like from the moment he stepped into the public limelight, it was a bad day. It was all a bad day. Hadn't thought about it like that. And, uh, but you know, he, he found some very good friends during his time. He, he found one, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. I remember them? You know, he liked them so much because he could go to their home and he could find solace and quiet and peace. All the other stuff is dumping on him continually, all the time. So he needed that little respite to just get away. He could be himself, as, as a word. Jesus was always himself, but you know what I mean. He could yeah. just he relax. Could relax. Yeah, he could just relax and, and be at peace in that home. One day he's out with the disciples. He's, he's uh, there a long ways away, and Lazarus gets sick. And he is really sick. And Martha sends a runner to please go tell Jesus. All she says to tell Jesus is, your friend Lazarus is sick. Well, the, the uh, servant gets out there to Jesus. They've got a little campsite and the servant tells Jesus. And Jesus said, okay, that was it. Servant goes away. The disciples said, Lord, aren't, aren't we going? No, no, not going right now. And uh, one day passes, two days pass, three days pass, and, and uh, wow, fourth day, he said, well, you know, the, the uh, Lazarus is sleeping now, we'll go. And the disciples said, well, he's, he's sleeping then, Lord, he's getting better. No, he explained to them now, he, he's dead. See, the Bible really says when you're asleep, that's death. Death is a sleep. You, you're not, you don't. 
you don't travel up to heaven and spend time there and then come back later on or anything else. You just go to sleep in Jesus, waiting until the resurrection day. But that's a whole other study. <laughs> but he heads out and the disciples are thinking, what is going on? Well, just before he gets to the home of Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, the ladies hear about it because a runner says, Jesus is coming. Well, Mary gets up and she runs out. A lot of the people there thought, well, uh, you know, he's, uh, she's going out because she's going to the graveside. Well, so some of the mourners come out, but there's Jesus and Mary. Lord, if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. Well, that was true. Death couldn't be in the sight of Jesus. Jesus broke up every funeral he ever attended and uh, says, well, do you believe? Yes, I believe. I says, she says, I know there's going to be a resurrection morning. No, no, do you believe? You know? Yes, Lord. They go down that graveside. They roll away the stone and Jesus calls Lazarus out of that tomb. He'd been dead all that time, but the creator God of the universe put life back in him and rose him right up there, right in front of everybody. I mean, it was so exciting. It had been a very bad day for Martha and Mary. <laughs> it been a bad day the for worst kind. Lazarus a few days ago. You know, he kicked the bucket. <laughs> but God raised him up. And now we're in a situation that Jesus, it's just about time for him to give the ultimate sacrifice. He spends that time, well... It, it's so amazing because he knew exactly in his own mind what was going to happen. So he has what we've referred to as the Last Supper. And at that Last Supper, he gets together with the disciples. And the first thing he does, he gets a bowl and he gets down and he begins washing the feet of the disciples. And the disciples are going, what are you doing? It should have been the other way around. Yeah, they should have been the ones to do that, but they were too proud. You know, they're, they're in the company of, of Jesus, you know. We don't do anything like this. But now all of a sudden, Jesus, who wants to touch their hearts and say, look, just, just relax in life here. Trust me for everything. He gets down, begins washing Peter's feet. Peter said, Lord, you have no, don't, you can't wash my feet. Yeah. Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, Peter, you have no business with me. And then Peter, like typical Peter, Lord, wash all my whole body. Right. Take it all, Lord. He begins washing the other disciples' feet, and pretty soon he gets around, all the way around to the disciples, except to one. He begins washing the feet of one disciple who is having a few problems. Do you remember who that might have been? I'm going to guess Judas. Yeah, he's washing the feet of Judas. And we know that Right at that moment, for just a moment, feelings begin to raise up in Judas because he was the one who had betrayed Jesus. He sold him for 30 pieces of silver. He was ready to confess his sins, but then pride got in the way again. I can handle life. I can deal with this. I'm in control. And he just repulsed everything God wanted to do. They got up. They sat down at the table and they began eating. And Jesus said, one of you here is going to betray me. Well, and he did that so that the disciples would know later that Jesus was God also. He knew, he knew what was what going, was going to, happen. to happen. Yeah. And he finally says, you know, what you're going to do, do it fast. He heads out, goes away, and uh, later on, disciples are out 
what's the the um, uh, in all of the vineyards and everything and Terry and I have been to those areas we filmed in some of those areas and the olive trees are just well I mean they're monstrous olive trees huge there Jesus was out there in the middle of the night and he tells the disciples you wait right here but his heart is so weighed down he can't hardly stand it and the reason is he's taking on the sins of the whole world that's he's going to be the sacrifice it's it's all him and as I told you earlier, 33 and a half years old, what young man wants to die? All of this weight is, is on him now. It begins to crush him because he was taking your sins and my sins. Because I, I, can't, I can't do anything about my sins. I'm born into sin. You're born into sin. And you know the things we talk about, the very bad, ugly, horrible day and everything. Can you compare that to what was happening to Jesus right now? In Revelation, it says he took the cup. That cup is the, it says, the indignation of the Father. And that indignation is all of the wrath of God upon those who finally say, I don't want anything to do with you, God. Get out of here. I don't want your sacrifice. Jesus drank that cup so that whoever comes to him, sins are washed away. Jesus sheds his blood for everyone. And he went to the rock where he, he grabbed the ground. He even clutched the ground and we're told that out of the pores he sweat blood. His vessels were breaking. The, the consternation was so bad on what was going on. He cried out to the Father, Father, please help me. Let this cup pass from me if there's any other way. And you know, there was silence. Not a word from God. The second time, same thing. Cried out to the Father, please, Father. There's some way, let this cup pass from me. Again, silence in the water. Third time, same situation. <sighs> Jesus finally, he's resolved to do it. He, he gained that victory right there. The biggest victory was not with Jesus hanging on the cross. The victory was gained right there in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he decided to go through with when it. When he decided to go through it, take your sins and my sins and the, the weight of the world on his shoulders. God who had done nothing. <laughs> God who just simply created us in the beginning and the devil came and messed it all up. God says, I want to save you. I want to save you. And he gets up, heads with the disciples, and all of a sudden, here's all the rabble coming to take Jesus. They grab Jesus. Several other scenes happen and go on, but finally we see Jesus in that final scene, hanging on the cross. As he's hanging on the cross, he cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Well, the Father hadn't forsaken him, but the Father didn't say anything because Jesus was taking that sin of the unrepentant sinner, taking, taking those sins, dying that death, that you and I don't have to die if we accept Jesus. But he suffered through all that. You talk about a bad day. <laughs> I mean, that was a bad day. And as he hung on that cross, he looked out at everyone, and he knew as he hung his head that his sacrifice, many, would accept his sacrifice and be with him in God's kingdom. And that is what gives us cheer. That should give us hope. Even when we don't hear the voice of God, even when we don't have God's apparent arm around us, but it really is, 
and kind of even starting to a little sunshine right now, right? Yes, Pollyanna, there's sun. <laughs> but that's the, that's the situation, you know, we, we can't let things in this life get us discouraged because God is with us. God will help us. God will get us through to the other side. We have to get through to the other side yeah, here. Yeah, let's go see if we can find a place, huh? I'll follow you. Okay. I wrote a little book a while back called Overcoming the Three Ds. Depression, discouragement, despair. It's helped thousands of people. If you'd like a copy, you can log on to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org and for a small gift, it can be yours. Please do it today. Introducing Talking Donkey International. God once used a donkey to spread his word, but he'd rather use all of us. It's time to prepare quality programming created to attract and reach viewers of the world, not just those of our denomination. Together, we can carry the final Advent message to the individuals of planet Earth and hasten the return of our Lord. Please pray for and support the successful mission of Talking Donkey International. Praise the Lord, Janice, I think. We've got a way out. You may get your feet a little wet, but... Oh, is that all? Yeah. And my... Oh, great, I got a drip right down my neck. <laughs> but... Let me help you a little? Yes. Here, do it so in case... There you go. There. Here. Oh, I'm going to break into the Hallelujah Chorus. Ah. <laughs> oh. Remember what I was saying about I don't know why I let you talk me into these things? Yeah. But I was listening. I was paying attention. Oh, good. We, and we made it. Yes. From up there, I didn't see how we'd get across. I'm glad you were here with me or I would have still been over there crying. But you did put it in perspective for me. Uh, there were some people that you know God cared about and loved. I mean, Jesus himself, son of God, had moments where he felt like he'd been abandoned, that it was, must have just seemed like everything was black. And yet he didn't give up. He didn't give up on us. God doesn't give up on us. And even if you're having a horrible, terrible, no good, very bad day, it helps to remember that this isn't all there is. Exactly, we'll get through this. Five minutes from now, it could be different. Five minutes from now, there might be sun. And someday, we know there's gonna be sun. Amen, be sun. amen. Right. Well, it's getting a warm truck, huh? That'll make the day a lot better. Um, hey, did you have the keys? No, you have them. Jim, you've got the keys, right? Please tell me you have the keys. Oh, man. No, I don't have the keys. <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> Hey, thanks for joining us for Country Wisdom. See you next time.